everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Crash Couch. I'm your host, Chris McGuffin, and as always, joined by Lou Secchi and Eric Blythe. Well, I guess we should say something. <laughs> I was just saying a lot of yeah, of it as. never, like, respond to my cues. That's why well, I, I say ne- your name. You're supposed to say hi, Chris. Oh, How hey. are you? Hi, Chris. Well, How are you? You said it too quickly. I, like, I, Lou, you would have been introducing Lou while I was saying hi. Or vice versa. Anyway, hi, everybody. <laughs> I'm hotel room right now, so bear with me. My audio quality is kind of crappy, and my volume is perhaps a little lower than usual because I'm trying not to shout through the walls here, but... Yeah. So if the audio quality is bad, for once we can actually just blame Eric, right? Yeah, he, he's on the That's show, but it'll be his fault. Yeah. And it's not like it's not my fault. I'm traveling. <laughs> well, it's not my fault you're traveling. Well, no. I can Chris, Chris, is it your fault Eric's traveling? No, it's it's okay. not. So okay, we all right. People, people don't want to hear Tim. about that. We'll, we'll blame. <laughs> no, they want to hear about this episode we just watched. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know about you guys, but I'm really falling in love with the whole political thing now. I know that I kind of teased it a little bit last episode when we got into the, um, the the meat of the discussions that they were having. And I know I didn't really like it at the beginning of the series, but right now, like, this is probably, and I know I kind of say this almost every week now, this is one of my favorite episodes. Of at least the season. And, Interesting. Yeah. And because I, I thought that up on my first watch and I gave it a second watch before we recorded tonight and it held up. So, yeah, I'm, just, I'm curious what you guys are, are, are thinking about um, the, the, the continued tension between Earth and Mars. Um, we didn't see it this episode as much. Um this at least we we saw more Bobby, which I was very happy with because um, mm-hmm. she's turning into one of those one of the Martians that I like because unfortunately they're they're the side that's not really my cup of tea at the moment. Well, neither, neither really is Earth, but I, I kind of respect them a little bit more than Mars well, because you're from here. That is true. <laughs> Racist. It is, Chris. You know, can't be like that. Yeah. <laughs> all, all kidding aside, though, I, I want to address something you said. I, I think that the fact that each episode becomes your favorite episode says something about how meaningful the story is progressing. Like, mm-hmm. as the story progresses, there are meaningful things happening. And so e- each new bit of information you get about the story is meaningful enough that you feel in that moment that what you just got is, is better than what came before. And -hmm. it's because you're getting a more fulfilling piece of the overall story arc with each new episode. So I think my point is, I think that's a testament to the, the quality of the writing on the show. Yeah. I mean, the acting is great and, and the effects are great and everything, but this particular point that you made I think is a testament to just the high quality of writing and overall story design and, and the story pacing as it's mm-hmm. distributed. So, yeah. Uh, you know. And it's one of the reasons we love the show so much. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as what you said regarding the politics, I agree with you. 
I mean, I like the the stuff with Holden in his crew a lot, and I have to say that like overall, that would be my preference to follow that. Um, though I, I guess I've I've reread the books or re-listened to the audiobooks often enough that I'm so infi- uh, intimately familiar with with their story that I'm really enjoying a lot of the political side of things mm-hmm. and the way it's being presented in the show. Because as Lou and I talked about, um, Lou, you were saying about the ways it differs from the books and especially the stuff with Bobby. So I feel like this episode was the first one where coming from the books, I really felt like I didn't know in advance what was going on at any given time. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I mean, we've said a couple of times now that it's fun and it's exciting for us to have a little bit of difference in the story where, you know, we always knew we were going to the same place, but we took a different path to get there. Right. This episode was the first one that I'm halfway through and I kind of paused it. And I went, okay, I know they're handling Bobby differently than they do in the book, but I'm like, this is now approaching a new story. Um, the way she is entering into this whole scenario is completely different than we saw in the books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lou, I know what you mean. Um I, I don't know, since I've not read the books, I don't know I can agree with you about the way they're handling Bobby, but I know just from my own personal perspective, I, I remember when we first got introduced to her this season, and she was this badass military Marine who was really gung-ho about fighting. Um, and that's the side of her that we saw. We only saw the militaristic side, but as the season has progressed and she is... Uh, encountered that thing, which we'll talk about later on Ganymede. And, um, now she's really involved in the middle of the political tension between earth and Mars. We're seeing more of that human side of her, not, not human as she's not a human, but, um, well, she's Martian. She's not human. Well, we're, we're seeing her more as a, um, more of a person, I guess, is a better yeah. way to say it, rather than just this, you know, the soldier. Mm-hmm. She's like a human. She's just not an Earthling. There's the difference. True. Right? Yeah. And, and I'm not okay. saying I, I just wanted seen... to. Go ahead. No, I, I just you know, any opportunity I can take to correct someone, I'm going to jump. I'm a jerk. So we get that. That we can agree on. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's got to have a skill. There you go. And I'm not saying what we've seen so far is bad because I like what we're getting. It's just that, you know, like Eric said, this is the first time I've been truly surprised by where we're at because I'm like, I don't know how we're going to get to the, I'm assuming we're still going to the same place where she'll still be in the same position at the end of this series that we are, you know, meant to see her in from reading the books, but now they are so differently getting there. It's almost like, okay, instead of taking a plane, we're taking, you know, a cab Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we're going the roundabout way through four of the cities instead of going direct because it's like, this is a completely different story right now from what I'm expecting to get, Mm -hmm. but it's good. It's a good story still. Yeah. I liked how we saw more of earth. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love space. And I love the the settings of all the stations that we've seen and all the locations in space. But it's nice to see what Earth is like at this in this uh, 
time frame. Um, that's one thing that they kind of teased at the start, uh, but they never really got fully into. Uh, so it's nice that we're seeing the, these bright locations rather than the, than the dark and blue uh, colors that we see in space. Right. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's just, it's, it's a, it's a fresh take. I guess you could say. That Any makes other sense. thing about the, uh, about the, the, the Bobby storyline? I mean, we can kind of get back to that or the end of her, uh, arc in this episode at the end, but, um, Anything else I specifically? Think, I mean, uh, kind of going with with what Lou was saying a minute ago and, and the differences between the show and the book, I like what they're doing with the show better in this case. I think that we're getting better development uh, in, in in the book. I, I think that what they did with the book was good. I think it was just much more direct. Mm-hmm. And... I think that in in taking this more uh, circuitous route to where they seem to be going, I I think it provides a little more of uh, what you said before, you know, a little more human side of Bobby than we got even in the book. Uh, I think that it's in direct contrast to the the soldier side of her that we saw earlier in the season. And now we're seeing a, a much softer side of of this person, mm-hmm. and a way yeah. that's that's more vulnerable. I mean, she's still a strong person and still a strong character, but she's she's still on guard. But she's on guard in a different way. She she no longer has her uniform on, um, literally or metaphorically. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that it's it's nice to see her kind of more introspective and insightful and kind of exploring and redefining herself. And that's something I think, I don't want to say we didn't see it in the book, but we didn't get this much depth to it in the book. Mm-hmm. Well, a couple so of things we definitely, pieces. yeah, I mean, a couple of things we definitely did not see in the book is I don't think we saw her as militaristic in the book as we saw in the beginning of the, of the season. No, absolutely not. Um, you know, she, she, she was not that gung-ho, let's kill all the Earthers um, that we saw in this one. She wasn't itching for a fight. Um, right. But I think in the, in the right. TV remember show... remember when we saw that and we were... I'm sorry. There's a little bit of a delay because I'm on hotel room Wi-Fi here. I, I apologize, everybody. But remember earlier in the season when, when we were pointing that out, we were talking about the fact that we they were probably doing this specifically so that they could show the degree to which she changes. Mm-hmm. And I think we're starting to see that pay off now. Yeah, and I think we're going to get a much better um, you know, storyline from her as we go forward because to me, one part of the book that never really felt quite right was how she ended up working with who she works with. You know, it seemed... Uh, it seemed like that wouldn't happen that way, and I think in the in the in television series we're going to get a much better explanation of her and where she where she goes and where she ends up working with. Yeah, does that make, does that make sense? Well, I'm trying to give any spoilers. I mean, it's just right. You know, right. What, what her story ends up being, I think we're going to get a much more satisfying explanation for it here in the television series than we did in the book. 
I I think so too. You know, I, I'd like to take a minute and start talking about um, just because I feel like it's a little not as important. Holden and what's going on with them. Um, I don't know about you, but the guy that they tracked down to help find um, Prax's daughter, did he give off a creepy vibe? Like, I feel like he's supposed to. Why, yes. Yeah, and he was supposed to, yeah. (laughs) Yes. But, I mean, I, I don't want to just say, yeah, he was creepy to me. Something about him just rubbed me the wrong way. I don't, I, I, on, and especially when he said the word chicken. <laughs> well, I mean, he's meant to be a bottom feeder. He's meant to be the kind of guy taking advantage of the situation. Um, you know, he's shaking people down for food instead of money because they need food. Um, and he's got everything he needs. He's living in the lap of luxury. He's working on the black market. Um, so, of course, he's going to be that that. TV kind of guy that's going to make, you, make your skin crawl when you think about it. Yeah, I, I, I guess I can see that. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. I didn't mind him as a character. Um, I he was great I, as a character. I, I mean, I, you wanted to hate him, and you did hate him. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of wish, and I don't know, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I kind of wish he'd stick around for like another episode or two. I don't know if he will, but. Um, he just he he was a little bit different than what we're used to, just because we usually see you know we we see the 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 dirty side of some of the places that we are visiting. Um, I mean, it's not like we've not been to a bar or a brothel or something, but um, it's it's kind of odd to see. Well, first, and I, I didn't intend on saying this, but we see um, like the lower side of Ganymede. And then we also see the lower side of Earth, or the lower class, I should say. Um, and I think that's an interesting parallel in this episode. Yeah. And and he also ties into the development, or the further development of the character of Amos. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we're, we're really getting to see his true colors, I guess you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Um you know, he, he's not always a nice guy. He's a loyal guy. He's the guy you want on your side. Um, but he does things without remorse. Uh, you know, maybe his conscience isn't quite there. And he, he's doing things that he needs to do to make sure his team survives and the people he wants to help get the help they need. Yeah. I will say that when Amos bashed the guy's head in, I am like if you would if that would happen in season one, I would understand. But I feel like we've progressed to the point where Amos is showing these different sides of him that uh, it, it feels out of place now. And maybe it's supposed to. And that's just part of, like you guys were saying, his development. But I don't know. It just. I, I felt like it was a little too much. And there, there was a look, though, in um, in his eyes when everyone was telling him, telling him to stop it. Uh, I think it was Prax that said, he can't help us if you bash the guy's head in. Um, 
there was a look in his eyes that says, hey, what am I doing? Like, I'm reverting back to my old self. So maybe that was intentional, but at just upon first viewing, it just rubbed me the wrong way. And I don't know if, again, I don't know if it's, if that was intentional on the writer's part, but I don't know. It just, it was odd. Like, like you can still be 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 yeah um, be a force and be pushy and and show his um more not, not he, I wouldn't say that's out of anger but it's more out of it, it normally it seems like when Amos has been violent it's been controlled violence because he understands yes. that violence is sometimes what you need to do to have the effect that's needed. And he understands that Holden and Naomi are not violent, but his role is to be violent. And there's never a rage associated with it. It's just how the world works. And, yeah. and I think that what you're, what you seem to be referring to in this episode, um, it was just a very quick shot, but it did look like he had a certain rage yes. in his face mm-hmm. and not even so much anger. I think anger is, is more, a, a, a directional, a, a focused response to something, whereas rage is sometimes just a, a, an emotional outpouring that, that is not focused and isn't even always in response to a particular stimulus. In, in fact, it's just it's a, a buildup and it's a pressure that has now burst out. Um, and yeah, it, it did seem a little out of place. The only thing I can think of context-wise is that you know we did have some moments earlier on where we could see that Amos uh, earlier in the season where we could see that Amos was conflicted about some things and was trying to process certain things he's been through uh, emotionally and, and not doing the greatest of job with processing things through. And especially when it comes to kids. Yeah. And, so I guess it's it's not out of character per se. I I think it, when when you dig into it, I think it does fit. But it was a little unexpected, and it did seem out of context in the moment. But I, I think if you dig a little further, it was mm-hmm. just one of those things where you know there's a kid involved. This other guy just doesn't care. He sees it as a business transaction, and Amos just snapped. Yeah. You you saying rage was a was a exactly what i was thinking of um it's not something that i would associate like you said he can be a violent guy but it's usually in times of um of stress and when it's i don't want to say needed but when the situation sort of calls for it this right. was one where you would say the situation really didn't call for it it might call for some tough guy attitude to really convince the guy to help them but it's not something that, again, I was expecting to see. Right. Right. But we do see that they uh, find the daughter, well, find a camera recording of the daughter, and she's have, has been taken somewhere. So I'm pleased with the way that storyline is progressing. It's not too quick. It's not uh, too slow. So I think this was you know, one that we didn't really have to focus on too much this episode, but it it gave us enough that we're still curious and it's not one of those, uh, storylines. Like I think we had last season where, you know, you could not pay attention to it and get away with it. It's still one of those that's, um, 
that's keeping me intrigued. Right. Now, one thing that I did like uh, about this episode was the revelation that, um, and you're going to have, I, I don't know the pronunciation of his name. The, is it Aaron Wright? Yep. Yeah. That he was, and I did, I didn't realize this at first. I, you know, I may have, um, it may have been revealed before and I just didn't pay attention or get it at the time, but that he was working with, um, uh, Mao. Right. And that they had developed this, um, this research together, or at least they not, maybe not just them, but, um, they were doing it on the same team. And that's something, was that revealed earlier and I just missed it or. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, they had, um, they had conversations together earlier in the yeah. season. Um, he had that one conversation where he's saying, you need me, you need my contacts in the government. Um, and I think that's when Mal hung up on him. Okay. And that's the thing. It, it seemed to be what I think Aaron Wright saw as a more symbiotic relationship, whereas Mao knew that he was just a resource all yeah. along. And, yeah. and once exactly. that resource no longer became useful, then he just kind of dumped Aaron Wright on his, on his butt. And then he, Aaron Wright realized that he'd been kind of used. And yeah. now with everything going down in the government, I think he finally realizes, you know, listen, that this did not go the way it was supposed to go. Um, I'm, I'm actually like, I was surprised to see that character take responsibility and, and own up to it and say, yeah, I, I was in the wrong and I'm going to face the consequences. Like I, yeah. that shocked me. But yeah, we we did see that earlier on. The the two of them um, were in collaboration, and then an episode or two ago, that kind of fell through. And uh, it was weird too because he kept like he, you still kind of figured he was up to something, but then there were some moments where he did the right thing, and I'm like, wait a minute, what is his motivation for doing the right thing here? Because obviously, there's got to be some reason that he would actually do that. And I'm not yeah. seeing how it would benefit him. And now we find out, no, he just, he's done. Mm-hmm. I was surprised. I'm, I don't like him as a character and not because I don't like the character, but I, um, or the actor, I just, I know where I'm supposed to consider him one of the, the bad guys, I guess. So I'm kind of glad that he's getting his punishment or he will, I'm assumingly later get his punishment because, uh, he's one that I was rooting against all along. Well, um, I mean, he's earned whatever he gets at this point. Yeah. Whatever he does in, in, um, to reconcile for all of this, it's too little too late. And I appreciate the fact that he's going to try anyway, but, it's it's too little too late like he's yeah it is what it is and yeah it's good of him to own up to it now and we'll we'll see how that goes Mm -hmm. so that leads us to the last point of the episode and we get this in the final couple of scenes um the caliban project yes project caliban whatever it's called um I was I had a little aha moment because the second book is called Caliban's War. And yes. I was very 
I was like, oh, okay, so that's what that means. Uh, I know, I know the titles themselves don't really um, always have a direct correlation, but I like. I don't think there was anything titled Leviathan um, in the first book. I may be wrong, but um, it was nice to see that little bit of a connection, and I had that little aha moment, uh, and. That was, I was kind of expecting something else to not, like, I didn't expect that to be a so-called protomolecule weapon. Um, but it makes sense because we sort of saw it on, um, uh, Eros at the end of season one. So, and then we saw it again with, uh, Bobby on Ganymede. So, yeah, that was a bit of a twist for me because, again, I wasn't really expecting it. Any thoughts there? Yeah, and I think that I don't remember it being referenced as such in the book. No, the I, I, don't remember, I don't think it was either. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. And, and I think, if I remember correctly, the book handled it completely different too. I'll have to talk to Eric about that offline before we say any more. But hmm. yeah. I, and you read Caliban's War more recently than I have. Um, yeah. But as I've said before, uh, I it was a good book. It was um, not my favorite of the series. Like I, I would put it as my least favorite, and that's not to bash the book. It's just all of my others were more favorite than this one. See, I had a lot um, more respect so for it's it. It's not one of on the this last reading through. I thought it did more for me this last time I threw it, but. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I think we're for some really exciting times, and there was a tweet out the other day from um, um, the character that plays Amos about how you know get ready for the ride because these last three episodes are going to be amazing. And I think we really ramped up. You know, we, with this episode we just watched, C- Cascade, we're really ramping up to what we're going to get for the end of this season. I can't wait. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, I have a question for you guys. Um, I had the pleasure of binge watching season one because I saw the, like the first, I think two episodes and then I knew we were recording the podcast. So I stopped. And then when we finally did start this, I binge watched everything. Um, and again, there were episodes then that, um, didn't really do it for me. Um, like they, they didn't have that standalone factor. Uh, whereas this season, I feel like you really don't have that anymore. Um, each one sort of stands on its own for better or worse. Um, and you know, not everything has action elements to it, but it has a very crucial piece of the story that if you miss, then you might be a little confused on the next one. Um, and I'm just curious as, as book readers, and again, we've already talked a little bit about how the story is going in a bit of a different direction than what you guys are used to. Um, is each episode keeping you intrigued more and more compared to season one? Does that question make sense? Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think, like Lou and I said before, being book readers, um, it's like for me, I find it more intriguing just because it's content 
I'm not already familiar with. I'm familiar, I'm familiar with it, but it's, it's a different presentation. And so for me, it's naturally more intriguing because of, because of the fact that there are more surprises, even if those surprises are, are minor in nature, there's still surprises. There's still things that I'm, I'm getting stuff I've never gotten before. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the, the first season, I think there's a lot more of a hook and, and we're seeing a lot more of the main characters. Um, what we're seeing now, part of it is moving pieces into place for the end of season two. Um, and by what I mean by like right now, I mean this episode, the previous episode, um, it's been less about Holden and his crew and more about the politics. But what we are seeing now is more um, Avasarala. Mm-hmm. And of course, Avasarala is a big player in Caliban's War in the novel. And, and this is the first book in which she appears. So it's it's more intriguing in the sense that what's going on is just as epic. And again, we're back to the politics here, which I love how this show presents the politics, because you've got three different factions. None of them are right and none of them are wrong. Uh, well, no, they're all right and they're all wrong simultaneously. They're very wrong, yet they're also very right. Um so I I still think it's it's intriguing. Like, like having read the books doesn't ruin the show for me at all. Hmm. Now comparing it to season one, I think season one was more of a traditional ride of a story. You've got heroes, you've got more action scenes with the heroes, you've got the kind of the um the hunt for Julie Mao. So you've got that kind of a, a murder mystery. Well, first it's, it's a missing person mystery and then it turns into what's effectively a murder mystery. And then it's effectively a mad scientist thing. Yeah. Now we're in a political thing. So it's, it's, that's inherently a little less intriguing on the surface, but as we're seeing things play out across the board, the overall chess game is extremely intriguing. Yeah. I would yeah, I'd have to agree for the most part. I mean, I think these last two episodes for me were a little bit less exciting, uh, and not just because they were less action-oriented, but just because they're just moving pieces around the board, I think, um, more than we've gotten this season so far. So, yeah, I mean, you know, have two of those back-to-back was a little bit slow in my opinion, but nothing that made me say I'm not going to watch a show anymore because – I can feel it's ramping up to quite a bit of stuff here. Um, yeah. You know, with what happens to Bobby at the yeah. end of this episode, it's like, okay, now things are going to be different. I mean, we've had this character that we've had some excitement with up until now. We had that whole training mission in the first episode of the season where she was on the surface of Mars in her combat suit. And then we had, you know, the whole alien, uh, the, you know, the whole protomolecule attack thing there. And now it's like, okay, we know we're going to use her amazingly coming up let's get to it you know i, I want to see what she's going to do and now she's out in the open yeah which is kind of weird so let's let's see where that's going to go now mm-hmm. i will say that i like how this season is holding my attention more when it comes to watching it there were times during season one and maybe it was because i was binging it that i didn't get the feeling that um I could be paying full attention to everything 
and that's that that's a problem when it comes to TV shows. But this season, like, I could probably binge watch it tomorrow, and ninety five percent of the time, I will have my attention on the on the show. Even to even tonight, I had it on um, during my rewatch, but I was also doing something else. And more often than not, I saw myself like turning back to the computer to see what was going on TV or on the uh, episode rather than what was on my TV that I was also doing. So it's a very, I think it's a very um, strong compliment towards, you know, everyone involved, the writing staff, the actors, everyone. All right, guys. Well, any other comments you have? Um, yeah, I, I think that what I've been seeing recently this, these last few episodes, I, I agree with Lou in the sense that, um, you know, we know it, it's building towards something much more epic and much more exciting. I mean, I would I would call what's going on right now intriguing. I wouldn't call it exciting, and that's okay. I like both, uh, but it does make me want to go back and reread the book now, hmm. which I've not wanted to do in well, pretty much ever since finishing the book the first time around. I'm like, I like this. Um, I didn't love it like I did the first book. Since then, I haven't loved it like I have books three through six. And I figure, you know, someday I'll probably go back and reread it, but I'm not anxious to. Mm-hmm. Now I'm actually interested in in seeking it out and going out of my way to go back and reread it. Hmm. That's encouraging, given that um, after we finish uh, the Leviathan Wakes portion of the series, I really wanted to go read it, and I think that um, that's going to be something I'm going to do this summer. But I'm glad that you say that because it, it gives me hope that by the time we finish the Caliban's War portion of the series that I'll want to go back and read that book too, and be as motivated. Well, I think you will. Um, I, mean, I, I think books one, two, and three work really well together as one long story. And, and I'm almost yeah. done with book three right now. And uh, another listening to in my audiobook. Um, and I've listened to all three books now, almost back to back to back. So, I've got a really good, you know, in my mind where that story is gone. It is one complete story. It really works out really well. Mm -hmm. That's a really good sign for me as a non-book reader. Mm. I think you'll enjoy when you get to them. Book four, on the other hand, I didn't really care for too much, but that's a different story. (laughs) See, I liked book four. It was well. We'll discuss that some other time. Yeah, we'll have to do a book a book episode at some point and really discuss details. But yeah, yeah I mean, I don't have anything else to add. I think I'm I'm excited for the end of the season. I think mm-hmm. it, you know I'm, I'm happy we got a few more episodes this season than last season, <laughs> so yeah. they have a little more time to to grow into this stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I just said you know, hey, these last two episodes were a little slow because there was moving pieces around, but it's not always a bad thing. It catches yeah. your breath, and now you're ready for this run to the end. Mm-hmm. Now, we do have three more remaining, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I thought so. Yep. No, the episode we just watched was Cascade, and the next one up will be Here There Be Dragons. Yeah, looking forward to that. I like the title. <laughs> I was actually looking up the, the uh, rest of the episode titles um, for the rest of the season, and when I saw that, I said, ooh, that sounds right up my alley. I like dragons. <laughs> <laughs> Probably will have nothing to do with dragons, but you never know. And I was—I now know what 
uh, Cascade references. Yeah. So, and that's a that, that's a storyline that we really didn't touch on, but um, I'm sure we can. I'm sure something about it will be um, will come back up. I'm assuming next episode or maybe the one after. So. All right, guys. Well, I think that's going to do it for Crash Couch. Um, like Lou said, the next episode is Here There Be Dragons. So really looking forward to talking about that. It's not up on the press site yet, so we've not seen it. <laughs> I just saw the other day that uh, they were wrapping up um, some extra voice work on episode 13. So major shout out to all of the people that work on the show behind the scenes because to be still working on, on stuff as, as soon as, um, you know, as quickly between that and us getting access to them is a pretty quick turnaround. So, um, shout out to that for really working their butts off. And by the way, if they need people to do some voice work, um, I, I'd be happy to uh, to accommodate them. Yeah, you and me both, me yeah. and Lou, and actually you too, Eric, have experience by now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, they're probably talking about ADR stuff, but yeah. either right. way, you know, if they needed some uh, some voice acting, I, I yeah. think we know some people who might be able to uh, to pitch in. Yep, definitely. All right, so you can send us your feedback on the show, either um, on the Crash Couch or the Expanse. Just keep it spoiler-free for me. Uh, you can send that to crashcouch at randomchatter.com. You can also find us online at our Facebook at Random Chatter Network. We also have our Twitter at Crash Couch. Reminder that I live-tweet every episode as they air on Sci-Fi Wednesday nights at 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern. You can also find us uh, our uh, network Twitter at Random Chatter. We also have our personal Twitters. Mine is at The Curse of Chris. Eric, what is yours? Mine's Eric Blight. That's E R I K B L Y T H E. And Lou, uh, I'm just at Lou Seki. That's L O U S E C K I. You can find all of our shows at randomchatter.com. We have a whole slew of them. So I'm sure there's something there that will tickle your fancy. Spread the word about the show and the network. Leave us reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. Do we have a feed yet? Any word on that, Eric? I'm not trying to throw you on, under the bus this week. No, no, that's okay. It's curious. been submitted to iTunes. I haven't heard anything back yet. Okay. Cool. But then I've been traveling a lot, so that is I true. Need, I need to double check my email. <laughs> yeah, I don't. We'll we'll have the uh, have an announcement about that literally as soon as I hear it because I will tweet it. So just in the meantime, uh, like you uh, have been, you can either get the uh, episode on the website randomchatter.com or on the Random Chatter Network feed. Uh, finally, you can support us on Patreon if you like. Um, that helps keep the lights on around this uh, around this network um, and plus a lot of other expenses too uh, I actually got a new brand new recording software thanks to our Patreon donors which I'm very grateful for because the one I was using before was crap so it's nice to have that so thank you um, so more information about that patreon.com slash random chatter Finally, the music you hear in this podcast is Welcome to the End by Cell Dweller. 
check out everything that Cell Dweller does. You will not be disappointed. All right, well, that's going to do it for this week's Crash Couch. We'll see everyone next time, and don't get spaced. <laughs>